Brought to you by Make Fun Network. Welcome to the top five of death. Where listeners hope and everyone dies. Listen and die. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 of Death. My name is Matthew David. Mine is, too. Matthew David? No. What's your middle name? Yeah, what is your middle name? Uh, haven't we been over this? No. Is it Gorbachev? Yeah, Gorbachev. The old Russian. My favorite leader of the USSR. Oh, his middle name is Matt. Because <laughs> his first name is better. <laughs> I'm here all day, baby. Fro is here. If, Woo! You, if you haven't caught on yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bowel uh, movement. My my middle name is John. Oh, that's John? Boring. That's boring. It's not more boring than David. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, that's fucking fighting words right there. Listen, there's no statue of John with a huge, you know, pilly packer hanging out. All right, that's a good point. And yeah. there's no star of David. Yeah, there's no star. Or star of John. Yeah, you know what John's are? Things to piss in. Yeah. <laughs> and to shit all over. Yeah. What do you think of that, John? I mean, any, uh, any John out there? That's what I think of you. You're a bunch of piss receptacles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Weaver. Venric, all of you. My head the only two is that I can think of right now. Uh, yeah, but we're here. Thanks for joining us, as always. Uh, Fro, what have you been up to, real quick? Uh, training for a four, five, one, something like that. Some sort of running competition. All right, he's training for a four, five, one, and I'm doing it pretty good. I'm able to do it. There you go. You can run a four, five, one. Mm-hmm. Right, let's see you do it. Uh, better man, what have you been up to? Getting over the flu. Oh, Nito Bandito. Yeah, I'm dying. That's okay. Everyone's dying. Uh, I myself, I myself, uh, I'm just uh, living it up, doing the best I can. I got a week up and down, and you know, it is what it is. Living it up. Uh, so BWK is not here. Aww. Uh, but he did, like a like a good little boy. He sent us uh, his deaths, like America's sweet boy should. With a lot of teeth pulling, right? Uh, no, I just texted him once, and oh. that was it. And he he sent them to me today. It was very uh, it was a, it was a nice uh, exchange. Also, um, some pleasantries. Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't. I'll wait to make that announcement. That's what I'll say. I want him to be here. Yeah, he's fi- he's fired. <laughs> no. Uh, so here are the deaths from last week. Oh, these are so either one of two things: either he wrote these and he took his time, or somebody else wrote these because they're pretty long. <laughs> uh, so this is what he wanted me to read on air. So these are the deaths from last week's episode when we did uh, the mascot um, gang draft, gang fight draft. So here we go. It says, well, would you look at that? Mr. BWK, America's Sweet Boy, has won another episode of the Top 5 of Death. And since I, Matt, am reading this death, I'd like to declare to the world. I I also didn't read this until right now so because I, I didn't know what it was. So here we go. And since I, Matt, am reading this death, I'd like to declare to the world that BWK is much more handsome uh, that he sound, than he sounds on the radio. Okay, now I will read... Uh, his deaths. Uh, Fro. I wish I was reading it. <laughs> uh, Fro. I, um, not I, Fro. <laughs> Fro was at the ring shop getting ready to buy the wedding ring of his fiance's dreams. The shopkeeper was nervous. Um, are you going to buy something? I can't keep this case open too long. Fro started to look more longingly. Uh, this one's nice. May I see it, please? As Fro reached his hand to grab the shiny stone, it vanished in front of him. Whoa! The shopkeeper started to uh, the shopkeeper started to scream. Return the ring! Fro insisted that he didn't steal it. 
and that and all that stood in its place was a grease stain. The shopkeep got even more, uh, got more and more mad. Eventually, he pulled a gun. Give me the ring back. Before Fro could convince the shopkeeper that he wasn't a thief, uh, the gun fired and Fro fell dead. All the while, the smell of hamburgers and gun smoke filled the air. Ooh. Mm. Uh, Matt, and he means me. Matt was walking to work. He passed a lady, a lady so beautiful, round and green, that he had no choice but to holla. You got a butt! <laughs> he yelled at her. <laughs> she turned, looked him in the eye, and said in a sexy voice, I think I wasn't supposed to read that, but uh, said, <laughs> Why, yes, I do. Come close and get a good feel. Matt cupped his hand in anticipation as he moved ever closer to this woman. She removed one glove so he, uh, he knew she was serious. Then, as he placed his hand and molded it around the green candy shell-like butt, he felt the knife slide out of his ch- slide out of his chest. When his eyes looked back, he noticed she was cleaning the blade off of her pants. Uh, on her pants, she then slid it back into her boot. She walked away as Matt fell da- down dead on the ground. Oh. How was she wearing pants? No, yeah, she didn't want me to touch her. She shouldn't have been so sexy. Yeah. For yeah, that's what I wanted to say for her. I was gonna say uh <laughs> wanting me to touch her. <laughs> she shouldn't have been so consensual in <laughs> her wanting me to touch her. Uh flip. So this is uh for you, uh better match. Oh, flip. I can't wait. Flip. I forgot about that. Flip was hiding under his bed. He heard a noise in the night and it made him retreat to the safety of the underbed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hold on, we're, we're Start over again. Flip was hiding under his bed. He heard a noise in the night, and it made him retreat to the safety of the underbed. The wall started to shake. He feared even more. Then a loud crash happened. He squealed like a baby pig. (laughs) I want to live my full life. I would hate to die. He whispered to himself. (laughs) I wish I read that first. Just then, he got splashed with a red liquid and realized that a large glass-shaped man was collapsing his house. <laughs> oh, dear, my house will come crumbling down. As he finished that sentence, his fate was sealed under the second floor, which, was now, which, has, now became, uh, which has now became the new first floor. Flip became the new foundation. And he's dead. And those were the deaths. So I died from the sexy green M&M. Fro died from... The Hamburglar and Better Matt died from the Kool-Aid Man. What did the other two do? Oh, yeah. Nothing, because they were terrible pigs. (laughs) What else did he have? Rich Uncle Pennybags. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't Uh, know what else. uh, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, Charles Entertainment Cheese. That's right. Uh, So those were the deaths from last week. Thank you, BWK, for sending them in. You son of a bitch. Uh, But this week, uh, to shift gears, unfortunately, uh, we had a, a, a huge passing. In in all of our worlds, I would say someone died while listening to the top five of death. I can't. I can neither confirm nor deny that Stanley was listening to the top five of death while when he passed. I like to think that he was, and I'm going to leech on to that as much as I can. Uh, but Stanley, uh, I'm going to add that to his Wikipedia page right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That uh, can you actually do it? That'd be funny. <laughs> give, it, give it a shot and see how long it lasts. No, you can't. Uh, on someone that's recently died, there's no editing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll edit later. See if I get any get any bumps. You know what? Do it to somebody else that died a little less recently. <laughs> um, yeah. 
We should just do it to every. Oh, imagine that was our thing. We we tack that on to everybody's death, <laughs> every celebrity death. That's died such a while good idea. To the top five of death. That's such a brilliant idea. <laughs> do Vincent Price change change Vincent Price right now? <laughs> anyway, being serious, do it. Uh, Stanley, Marvel comic legend, gift to the world, uh, passed away this week at the age of ninety five, and this was a rough one. Uh, this is something that I was dreading for a long time. Uh, we talked about but it. But predicting. But pr- I, did pre- I did predict it every year for the past three years or so. Um, but it was, it was not easy. I myself, uh, I cried a lot. I cried for a good average of 30 minutes or so in the car of the parking lot of where I work. Can't believe that. Fro is shaking his head. What do you mean? I cried when the Hulk was on the screen. Yeah, but that's like an exciting. I know. But this was like the, the complete antithesis of that. I can understand like the crying from being excited, but I'm just shocked that you are this sad. I was. Like I'm bummed, but I'm not going to cry about it. Well, I guess you're just not as uh, emotionally in touch as I am. You know what, though? That's actually true. Yeah, Fro is a- Oh, no, I'm more callous than you. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Fro is a a bad person. I'm a good person, so we'll just leave it at that. It all depends on how you look at it. Um, But I I cried uh, a lot because he- he impacted my life in ways more more so than the only person who had as an effect on my life was was me. Walt, Walt was Disney. Me. Definitely not Fro. Was, if I never met Fro, my life would probably be, if anything, a little bit better. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> that was harsh. Uh, well, that was so harsh. Well, you shouldn't take too much what offense because you're so callous, right? I'm <laughs> cry in a second. <laughs> um, that was mean. You guys have the love story of the millennium. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, someday, someday I'll, I'll end Fro's life for real. I'm sorry, what? Well, anyway, so Stan Lee passed away. And as I was trying to say, the only other person who, who had as much of an impact on my life was, was Walt Disney. However, he passed away decades. Well before you were even around. Decades before I was even born, right? So this was, uh, you know, as, as an equivalent and I cried so much. It was such a heavy cry. It was like. I was crying. Yeah, like I had like the tremor in my voice. It wasn't just like was a, it like did an you have the ugly bo- cry. Do you have the boogers coming out of your nose? Yeah, my 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 nose started to run. It was brutal. It was it was it was the most I've cried in since I can remember. Um, but that's how I took it. How did you take it, better Matt? I so I got a text from my friend, and all I could say was the word no. I was like no, no, and I didn't believe that it was real. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, even though it's not. It wasn't a surprise, right? It was something that we all knew was coming. He's an old man, uh, you know, at, towards the end of his life. But I, I, uh, I didn't believe, I couldn't believe it. And then I immediately thought of my good friend, Matt Bistany. That's me. And me by proxy. And Fro by proxy. And I, I, I needed to, I needed you guys to hear it from someone who cared. I just hated seeing uh, TMZ. They were there though. That was it. That was like I was like, ah, oh, this story is ruined by TMZ. The one is yeah, the one reporting yeah. it. Well, they had it before anybody. Yeah, I know. I just wish it was like the CBR. Associated Press, it was CBR, or fucking CBR sucks. I'm just just pick something that's comic related. Yeah, comicbook.com. Kevin Smith should have broke the story. Yeah, view <laughs> askew should have been the Smith one. Should have broke the story. Um. Yeah, Fro. How about you? How did, how did it make you feel initially? I mean, it, I mean, I saw it and I was, I was definitely bummed. Uh, uh, but I mean, not nearly as bummed as you. Um, I was more relieved, personally. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I hate where his situation was, 
and it's good that he can, you know, if there is an afterlife, he is with his lady, potentially. Yep. Or he's burning in hell. One or the two. It's a binary system. We only know the good <laughs> sides of him. Maybe I thought, he was isn't there a monster. purgatory too, though? Uh, I suppose. <clears throat> That's like the airport queue, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what we're doing this week is uh, we're doing top five gifts uh, from Stanley, gifts to the world from Stanley. Um, and I will say my list, um, I didn't pick anything. I picked things that were directly about Stan Stanley. Uh, as much as I wanted to just you know talk about like his creations, which some of you might, I figured you probably did or will. So we'll talk about them. But I picked all Stan. I, my list is comprised of all Stanley things. Yeah, my list is, I, I didn't pick any, like, comic book characters. I picked the things that Stanley added to the world in, in a more general sense. It's it's hard to explain without Great. giving... Now I'm nervous that we have duplicates. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was being unique. Uh, uh, I thought you? that was the idea. Okay. No, you're right. Uh, you're totally right. What about you, Fro? What'd you pick? I have all five characters. Do you? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't. It's Spider-Man. I, I went the, very, the most basic route possible. No, it's just like uh, some... Specific things about Stanley. Fantastic just Four like, number one. <laughs> yeah, amazing just, fantasy number fifteen. I just got some cool things that I enjoyed, and some other things, and this and that, and these all the things that go boom, boom, boom. Right. I can't. I can't wait to win this week's episode, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then write my death on how Stanley butchered the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, you want to go first? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Yeah. So my number five. A uh, gift that Stanley gave to the world. Um, come on, phone, quit being a butt. Um, the gift that he gave, and this is probably my closest thing to uh, like a character-driven thing, but uh, relatable heroes. The idea that heroes were more like <clears throat> us than we than other people had had written them at the time, or at least as a whole, right? As like yeah. a, as like a more broad broad stroke thing this is really similar to my number two but not exactly the same so i'm gonna let you all right all right um so one thing that you know draws me to to marvel on why i'm such a marvel fanboy and why it it just resonated with me at such a, a young age and, and through many many a hardship if anyone's friends you know personal friends with me on facebook you saw what i wrote about how and to this day even to this day i end every single night every Single night with a prayer, <laughs> with a with a prayer and a shot of Jameson. <laughs> um, no, but um, I I read comics every single night. I have to. It's become like <clears throat> I don't. I, I can't even. It, it's hard for me to fall asleep without reading comics because every everything I do, everything I like, for the most part, I somehow get myself involved in. I like podcasts, so I started a podcast. Now I'm trying to do a network, right? I like Halloween. I like haunted houses. I was a creative director of one of the biggest screen parks in New England. Uh, you should write a comic. No, that's my. This is my whole point. This is my whole point. Uh, same with music, right? I like music. I learned how to play guitar. I was in a band. I toured for a number of years. Like every, a lot of times, all the stuff that I enjoy, I I want to be a part of. Yeah. So. Did you ever want to write comics or draw comics? One at a short period of time in like elementary school, yeah. and that was it. What about you, Fro? <clears throat> no, I can't write. When I was in elementary school, I was certain <laughs> that I was going to be a comic book creator, and I had a couple of friends, and we would all draw comic books. Bad. Do you remember your character? Because I only did it <laughs> once, and I had one character. I had a couple. I had many characters. All right. When I was really little, there was, of course, Matt Man. 
Mat Man? Ugh, <laughs> I hate that. So I'm sure you didn't have a Mat Man? No, I was like good at you it. You had Super Mat. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I was good at it. And then um, I don't know if you guys remember uh, like the Wildstorm comics of the 90s and there was uh, that character Grifter. He's the one with the, like that kind of like he wears like mask. the mask, and I always thought He's that that cool was looking. such a cool look, and so I created a character that was a rip off of him, and he was called Spike because <laughs> I wanted it to be edgy. I was probably in third or fourth grade, right? And I was like, "Whoa, this is edgy." Man, you were stupid in third or fourth. Oh grade. yeah, these were terrible. This is there's a reason why that Matt that was not man. the career choice. No, that gave me douche chills real hard. I uh, <laughs> me and one other fellow student, I can still remember his name. It was it was Tim McCall. Um, we, uh, we were going to put out our own comic cause we were like the only two people that like, liked comics. Uh, I actually was the, the artist. I actually drew the comics and he would write, right? Uh, write, right, right. But our character, right, 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 right. our character's name was, uh, was Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane. Which and is a character. I guess so. But oh. I, I mean, my, my scope of the, the world was very small, but he, it, essentially it was a, uh, it was a werewolf character. And he had super, you know, he had super strength and super agility. And also had like a sonic howl, uh, and things like that. And um, it was awesome. And like I remember very much like trying to draw trees and trying to draw them in a way where like you could see the claw, like his claw marks through them. Mm. That was like my big focus. It's <clears throat> um, cool. But, I I always wanted to do a stop motion animation for stuff. Uh, yeah, you should do it with a comic book and just stop. No motion. Okay. Shit. Fuck me, right? All yeah. right. My number five? Hold I didn't even get to my oh. point. <laughs> I never even finished my point because you interrupted me about that. My point being, <laughs> as far as the reason why I read comic books at the, at the end of the night. Oh, yeah, that. Right. The whole thing I was leading up to um, is it is my, and the reason why it's so important to me and why he's so important to me is it's my only true form of escapism that I have in my life. It's, it's, it's it. That's it. It's the only thing that I thoroughly enjoy First and foremost, as a fan, and only as a fan, it is uh, a, a medium of entertainment that I ingest only on that capacity. Uh, wrestling, yeah, I guess so. Um, but you don't watch it he as much wrestles anymore. With you all the time, yeah, I'm wrestling verbally with people constantly. I guess so. Um, but as far as a pure entertainment value, that's that's why you know, and to and to have relatable heroes makes it. Uh, I can and I can find myself in the stories. It makes <clears> it much more enjoyable. Who's the most relatable hero to you? Oh, uh, the Hulk's Incredible a big Hulk. one. Yeah, you can relate to the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, he's got a dark, hidden secret of power inside him. No, yeah, it's, it's, but. It's, it's more like I just get viciously angry real fast, and as fast as I get angry, I'm not angry at the same time. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. Uh, yeah, I'm just a real jerk. Anyway, Matt, <laughs> your number five? My number five Stanley gift to the world is the character of Stanley. Okay. <laughs> right? Because I, because I, you know that like there's Stanley, the guy that you know loves his wife and pays his taxes and stuff like that. But then there's like the persona that he's created that you know he was Staniel Lieber, mm. right? Or St- Stanley Daniel Le- Staniel Stanley Lieber, and uh, created this Stanley persona and character with you know the 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 over the top everything and the way he talked to people and the way he pitched his comics and his stories and the way he sold everything is, is in and of itself a character and a creation and one of the best things he's ever done. And it's what we remember of him. Right. Right. And when we think of him and the the cameos in the movie, we're thinking about he's playing the character of Stan Lee in those movies. He's not being himself really. But but is he now, is that himself now though? 
What do you has mean? he has he dove into that role so much that that is just him? Right. Has he lost himself to the character you're explaining? Maybe. I don't. I don't know him personally. But you know, like when he's talking to the Watchers, right? Like, yeah. No, but wait, I got more. He's yeah, exactly. He's doing. He's doing the bit. He's doing himself, and I love it. And I love that character. And uh, I love the idea of him and what he does and, and stands for. I want to believe that he is now a Watcher. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, he's not a. Uh, he's not a. A Jedi ghost. True. Force ghost, yeah. Force ghost. He's a watcher. He's also not uh, a star in the sky a la Lion King. What do you, wh- where do you go when you die a- as a Marvel character? You uh, just come back. Well, you, you just come back. You get better. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, he's not going to get better. <laughs> this is a Marvel death that's going to stick. <laughs> um, Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. He's, uh, he's in Valhalla now. But there it is. He's in Valhalla with Thor. Yeah. He's got somebody wa- good watching over him. Yeah, then. yeah, you like Thor. You I love Thor. You just love those big beefy blonde men. Oof, they're the best. Haba, haba. Um, that's a good number five. <sighs> Fro, what's your number five? <clears throat> mm. That's not going to be nearly as. Oh, it's like ah, uh, his glasses. I like <laughs> his, his mustache. His aviators. I like his, I liked his glasses. <laughs> No, hey, I um, Spider Man. Hey, Spider Man. One of the things I enjoy about Stan Lee is that he um. He actually officiated a wedding between Mary Jane and Spider-Man in 1987. And uh, it was a legitimate thing that he did at Shea Stadium. And it was this big public event. And he was the one who officiated the entire wedding. Really? Yeah. I've never heard this story. Uh, I mean, there's not really much more I can say on it. They just did this big publicity stunt. And it became, it was a big thing. It was, I'm assuming within the comics, it was when... Peter Parker and Mary Jane were getting married uh, back in 87 and they did an actual live wedding and he was the one to do the entire thing. Shea Stadium. And uh, I think that is so cool because kind of like what Matt was talking about uh, on um, This Rules, This Sucks is there's nobody that will put their face forward as much as Stan Lee and he would do whatever it took to make these comics real to people. Do you think that Spider-Man is his favorite? 100%. I think it's his most successful. I mean, he probably has a lot of favorites. Spider-Man was Marvel forever. I mean, for a lot of people, it is. That was the Superman of Marvel at one point. That's why he wears red and blue. (laughs) Oh. Um, So I got some clips here from uh, the Shea Stadium uh, wedding between... (laughs) Yikes, that Mary Jane is not how I picture Mary Jane. (laughs) That's that's 80s hot. So let's uh, let's see what they're... I don't know what they're even saying. I don't know what it even sounds like. 80s hot is the best hot. Her butt is so long. Let's see what's going on here at the uh, wedding of Spider-Man and Mary Jane in 1987. Prenuptial. Prenuptial. But also the wow, he looks so young. Doctor Strange and many, many so weird. Comic legends. <laughs> he looks like a wrestling manager. He does. <laughs> Spider-Man's been with us for, what, some 25 years now? He's been crazy yeah. about Mary Jane for many, many years, too. Why did you decide now that they should get married? Oh, just look at this couple. How can you keep them apart longer than 25 years? <laughs> oh, classic Stan. <laughs> um, <clears throat> hey, but he, like, that that's him being the character, and he just, he... He just really wanted Marvel to succeed in any way possible. <clears throat> so for them to do something like this, I just think it's fucking awesome. And I think only Stan Lee could make it. Yeah. Like people would be like, that's cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Spider-Man and Mary Jane getting married, and people were like- Hey, go for those kids. Right. Go for them. <laughs> I bet he even got like a fu- like officially licensed to marry somebody. <laughs> he went through- He went the, he went the whole nine yards for ordained. it. Uh, I just think that's fucking super, super cool. One of the YouTube comments, this is better than The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, I, I think I love that about him. I think that's I think that's cool. I think that's yeah. well. I'll that's just uh, that's I'll a just good pick for piggyback off of that because it almost kind of plays into what you were just saying. But my number my number four pick of the the gift it's and it ties also to yours, Matt is uh is his showmanship. Mm. That's my number four is his showmanship. Uh, as Fro mentioned, I, I talk about this on Turts, but I'll I'll just say it again. I'll try to be a little more concise here. But um, without Stan Lee's charisma and character and his confidence, we would comics would not be even nearly as popular as as they are. Um, a lot of he is he did for comics what Hulk Hogan did for for professor, professional wrestling. You know, Vince McMahon did over oh, Vince, but as far as being an icon, right? Vince McMahon is the Stan Lee of wrestling. Like he was the one that had the brainchild and he put his face forward. It was he definitely put his face forward, but he found his fucking his Spider Man. Sure. Okay. Fine. That's a that's a <clears throat> a, a good point. Uh, I will kill you in real life. The uh, <laughs> in real the life, fuck, but, not on the podcast in real life. But the yeah. but the thing is, is uh, with without him, a lot of and Matt mentioned some people are trying, you know, doing what they do, and it's like, oh, he was a, a credit stealing, whatever, and blah blah blah. And that's like, it's just not, it's not true. I didn't say blah blah blah. Just to and people clarify. that uh, you know, want to make that claim, he he needed to do that. Someone needed to do that. Someone needed to be that. That face, that focal point, that voice, that that you know, pumped up everyone to buy these books. The books themselves, just the books by themselves, were only going to sell so many, right? It's it's only going to go so far. But to have a a character in in a mouthpiece like Stanley out there, you know, doing the interviews, being the character, getting people excited, and doing all that great stuff, you know, that's what gets that's what brings things to the next level. Well, cause it was that's the other thing that kind of goes on your last point, or maybe it was your point. Somebody's put the real uh, relatable characters is that was me. <clears throat> so yeah, you Matt. Uh, he would be like he'd pretty much call kids like future superheroes. Right. He would be like these are going to be your stories one day. Like you are a part of this. Right. And that's like yeah, that's what you need, and that's what he did. He just got kids amped. Right. He got kids shit. amped. He got tons of people amped. He planted the seeds in us. Right. Or even people even older than us, that now now it's viable to have a a complete Marvel Cinematic Universe that grosses the money that it does. That doesn't happen without the the groundwork of Stan Lee's promotional efforts from the you know the sixties to the eighties. That doesn't happen. Um, could it have happened? Sure, maybe. Possibly, but maybe not the but, same way. Exactly, but maybe not the same way. So his my number four is the, a gift that he has given to the world. is just his showmanship, his uh, his excitement in the way that he had the ability to share his excitement for these characters and these stories that made you want to read them. So that's my number four. My number four is a book that Stanley wrote. And I think this book is one of the most important contributions he's made to the comic book industry it's called how to draw comics the marvel way have you guys ever seen this um i think i've heard of it 
it's like the Bible or textbook on how to illustrate comic books. Huh. And it's amazing. And I, you know, when I was a kid and I had those delusions of grandeur and in third grade and thought that I could draw. <laughs> you, no, with those fucking terrible characters. Uh, with terrible Unbelievable. characters. Yeah, I hope you like, never try to do that Batman. again. Batman. Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I, you know what? I came clean on this podcast to get it off my Yeah, conscience. I hope you can finally sleep at night. I hope I hope right now uh, your girlfriend's packing her things and moving out. <laughs> she's actually, she's in <laughs> Minneapolis. She's gone. <laughs> she's never, that's it. She's not coming back. Uh, but go on. Um, this book is, it was instrumental in teaching the whole next generation of artists how to make comics. So... Everyone from the 80s, 90s, and and beyond learned how to draw comic books and how the medium of sequential storytelling worked from this book that he wrote. Uh, If you guys haven't seen it or read it, it's actually really interesting to read to just kind of have an understanding of how people turn just drawings into these action-packed things. But also like... So it's a book book? Yeah, it's a book. And, you know, about it goes into like, what does a superhero look like, right? How, what does a superhero anatomy look like? Because it's not like a regu- drawing a regular person. It's, there's something more to it than that. And, and how do you dynamically pose? And, like, you know, how, how, how do you face these characters? And, and what does a panel layout look like? And all of these things that we take for granted when we read comic books that, like, that's just how they are. But you can't just, like, you can't just be good at drawing still figures and be able to make a comic. Those things aren't the same. No, a comic book needs like a, a certain flow. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot of nuance to comic book artistry or writing that I think a lot of like to your point you just said. You can't just be good at drawing stills. Right. And and so that's why you know when you see people that want to get into the industry and they, they tell them like, don't just draw pinups of Batman looking cool, right? Because that doesn't mean you can draw a comic book. You need to do pages. You need to do comics. And that's and <clears throat> that's what this book teaches, and it's it's amazing. And I learned so much, and it and it informs the way I read comics now because you think about the decisions and the choices that the, the creators made in a, in a really interesting way. Right. I mean, it's it's like a uh, it's like a director, right? It's like a, yeah, yeah. You you like you have a scenario, you have a a scenario, you have a scene, you have an idea, you have an emotion, you have a, a something that happened in the story. You can show that <clears> in a million different ways, and it's like, what's a creative way to do that? You know, it could be anything. It could be absolutely anything, but yeah. without that skill set, it's just if you're just like, well, I'll just draw it. It's like I'll be. He's just looking down the street and he's walking and he punches the guy. But uh, you know, and even at the time when I got this, I, I probably hadn't really read any Marvel comics, right? Like I was, I, I had probably only read Superman, and then this was. And then you were like, "Oh my God, there's better comics there's this whole out other there." World out there. <laughs> I've been wasting my time. Anyway. How to Draw Comics, The Marvel Way. It's awesome. You guys should definitely check it out. It rules. Cool. Fro? Are there pictures in it? Yes, there are pictures in it. Maybe I'll take a look at it. Uh, But my number four, um, on the more basic side, um, is that, you know, he was one of the creators of roughly 362 characters in the Marvel, you know, world. It's wild. Like 362? Yeah, it's uh, roughly around that point. And, like, most, most of the characters that you know and love, he was a collaborative brainchild. You know what I'm curious about? I'm, I'm curious who the biggest non-Stan Lee character Deadpool? is in the... Okay. In Marvel? In Marvel, I mean... Captain yeah, in, America. In Marvel. I oh, guess he did not create Captain true. America. That's true. Yeah. I forgot. He, he hopped on book three. 
I uh, figured out. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Captain America and Deadpool. Huh. Huh. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's just like, it's just nuts that you know Wolverine. <clears throat> Wolverine. It's sorry. It's Wolverine. Wolverine is way more popular than... Who did that one? Uh, was it Len Wein and... Um, I forget the other guy. Let me look it up. I feel like Stanley had to have been there. For- Carl Wolf and Mark Reen. <laughs> nice. Um, so the thing about that, to, to your point, Fro, is I got, uh, for Christmas one year, I got the an encyclopedia for Marvel and for DC. And it's just <clears> like <throat> all their characters, right? In one book or is that two separate books? Two separate books. Oh, okay. they're, they're the same book, but one's for Marvel, yeah, yeah, one's I, for DC. I've... And you you scroll through the Marvel one. It's like these are these are great characters, <laughs> oh. and then you go to fucking DC. Yeah, I know. What it's... a fucking shit show! All of, right, like, all these B characters. <laughs> Condiment King, dude. Condiment King rules. Fuck off. Um, Street Justice. You know what that character's story is? He's a guy who just doles out street justice. And you know what happens? I love it. You know what happens? People take over the moniker of street justice by killing. The current street justice and just saying the word street justice. I love it. Who, I've never I mean, heard that one of this cool. character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Wolverine, Roy Thomas, Len Wein, and John Romita Sr. Mm. Uh, I feel like Stanley was there for it. I was like, yeah, it sounds good. Go for it. Um, but like Deadpool is Rob Layfield. Uh, what not? But right. I just think it's like I just think it's wild that he had like he's able to be like, how about this guy? And he does this. He's purple. And purple he, man. And he gets angry. The pur- he didn't create the purple man, did he? Yeah. Did he create purple man? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That, well, someone got a hold of him and made him really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I don't, it's just nuts to me that that's what he was able to do. And he has that impact. Like, <clears throat> is there... How many different people had a hand in creating most of the Justice League? Was it like one guy was like, oh, cool, Superman, Batman... No, it's all different people. All different yeah. people. So like it's that's so many different you know brains being involved in that. Stanley had such an imagination that he was able to blanket a fucking world of overly memorable characters. Right. There's obviously some people that's like he showed up once. That's it. Like the orb is probably a character that you wouldn't have a fucking clue about obviously until he came back in Secret War or <laughs> Yeah, for some reason is a big deal. Right. <clears throat> but like I don't know, I just think that's fucking amazing that he did that. And I could probably look at eighty five percent of the people on those that list and be like, Yeah, I know who that is. Right. That's cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Like not every wrestler is created by Vince McMahon. You that's know? also true. So like I don't know. That's who I would kind of equate it with. And it's like, oh, he didn't come up with every single one of these characters. Right. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin, that wasn't him. That was Stone Cold Steve Austin who came up with that character. Right. So I just think that's an impressive feat and fucking kudos to that. Hell and that's yeah. What cha- and that's what fucking molded who we are. Right. And he did. He wasn't responsible for Superman, so also fucking kudos to that. Yeah, good dodge on that, right? Come on. Uh, anyway, so my number three. Eat a dick, Matt. My number three. <laughs> this isn't top five ways to shit on Matt. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll like bad stuff. You're going to get shit on. Um, so my number three, uh, uh, love you. Think about Stanley is, um, his virtue, his like the the fact that like he had a belief of what was right, and he stuck to it like all the time. He, uh, yeah, there's like weird voices going on. Okay, I'm wasn't sure. If I was no, I don't it. know, I don't know. But um, 
but he, you know, there's there's a few times throughout history where he he kind of you know held his ground on certain things and made like change that was good for the betterment of humanity. He, um, you know, there were things like he went against like this organization called like the Comic Code, whatever, yep. and he did a an, a an issue of of Spider Man that dealt with drug uh, drug abuse. That's my number three. That's your number three. Yeah, that specific thing. Wow. Uh, this is such a good pick, Matt. <laughs> and uh, like he and he had a lot of things. Uh, I forgot what the what the what the section was called. Oh, his uh, his soapbox. He used to write these like little soapbox things at the in the backs of comics, where it was just like his personal thoughts on on a lot of things. And a lot of these soapboxes are 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 being posted now in in you know memory of his death or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> Do you know any off the top of your head? He well, they're like these long things. He yeah. has this, he has this thing about bigotry and you know the way to face bigotry is to you know. Is, is he he's flat, even like I forget when this is, but like he flat out says he goes he's like you don't deal with bigotry by you know zapping him with a ray gun or punching him in the snoot. <laughs> That's what he says. But he's like you know he talks about like you expose them uh, to their ideas and and things like that, and and you and you you rally around the people that aren't that you know that whole thing. Yeah, um, I saw that one that was going around. You know, and he also did things like he introduced characters like the Black Panther. Um, at a time when it wasn't done because he he could recognize the importance of doing something like that and he just did it. He was like, no, nah, I'm doing this. I'm going to capitalize on black people. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> if you want to spin it that way. Uh, take, hey, you know what? Take that, NBA. <laughs> Kudos to him. Um, but yeah, he did all these things and he did it because he is a he was a good person and he he had all he had was was love for the people around him for the world and he wanted to to do as much good as he possibly can. He lived the life the best way he could to be a real life hero. Genuinely and, cared about his fellow right. man. Preach, brother. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, shit. He's dabbing his head right now. Now I'm going to pass this collection playing around <laughs> for the Make Fun Network. Now, now if, uh, if you're going to say, well, give a little what's left, then, you know, that's what you're going to get from Make Fun Network, a little what's <laughs> left. <laughs> Steal from ICP right there. Oh, is uh, but that's my number three. Uh, uh, his virtue, Matt. <clears throat> My number three is the amazing things that he would say, uh, like <laughs> Excelsior mm. and True Believer and I Spider Fans. I can probably pull up a soundboard of that. Uh, Nuff said he always would finish those columns with Nuff said. Nuff said. N U F F. N U F F. And <clears throat> they even did like a Nuff said event in the early 2000s where every Marvel book that month had no dialogue. It was just images and they would have to tell the whole story. And it was enough set event to, um, and I loved those little things. Like, you know, the first thing you want to say when you hear Stan Lee is Excelsior. 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 And I love it. Those are, that's so great. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're wonderful. They're iconic, right? They're iconic to him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and you know, it's part of his gift. And uh, this is one of the first things I thought of. It's just like, <clears throat> you know, what did Stanley give, and what do I think about when I think about Stanley? It's like these these goofy words. That Nobody he... would ever say Excelsior if it wasn't for Stanley. Yeah, no, no definitely not. I definitely would not. Because oh, yeah. I mean, that's the big thing for uh, it's New York. It's like in their motto or something stupid, but nobody's saying it. I think right. most people think the New York motto is like, "Hey, I'm fucking walking over I'm here. I'm walking here. Hey, you fucking dirty dog." Um. But yeah, no, I mean, he 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 put the word Excelsior in the lexicon of many people, and it's associated with geeks. Hey. Many a nerd, many a geek. That's right, Spider fans. But uh, anyway, no, true believers. Yeah, enough said. That's a good one. 
Uh, Fro. Uh, yeah, we you talked uh, a very smidgen a bit about my number three, which is the he pretty much said fuck you to the Comic Code Authority and uh, decided to put out an anti-drug comic. Yeah, talk it, more about the, I didn't talk about the comic, right. so go ahead. It's, uh, it's The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, I don't know which number. It was in 1971. <sighs> uh, I'm sorry? You don't know the number? It's number three. What kind of spider fan are you? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You're right. I'm looking it up. <clears throat> Please do. But it's uh, from 1971, uh, and he you know, had this idea. He's like, oh, I want to do this kind of arc, and it's, it's uh, not pro-drugs it's anti-drugs right it had to do with um it had to do with pills yeah it was um harry uh harry uh, osborne uh, norman osborne's son peter parker's good friend who was who was on pills and it was just like spider-man trying to shut that shit down i'm assuming he was getting it off the streets and him trying to deal with drug dealers which they didn't touch upon because that's like taboo you don't talk about things like that, and for right. them to bring in these real, real subjects. I know pills too. Of all the the drugs to like pick, right? You know, it's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty heavy for the time, right? So for him to be like, and they like he he pitched it, and they shut it down. And he said, "Nah, fuck it, we're gonna do it." Right. He convinced the uh, publisher to run it anyway. <clears throat> yeah, and that's like a ballsy move. And it was like, no, well, this is something that has to be told. This right. is something that has to be saying. It's not it's a, not pro drug. It's very anti drug. Right. And. You know, he had he had enough respect for the reader, no matter what the age, to understand the the concept of what the the story was actually about. Right, and again, his whole thing was being relatable. This right, fascinating. So, Amazing Spider-Man number ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. I was close. And I said three. Due to the story's popular popularity, it led to the first ever revision of the comics code because he couldn't show drugs at all. Right. Uh man. Yep. So they revised it, and then. I know people at DC were pretty pissed that he was like, well, what the fuck? Why is he able to do this bullshit? Yeah. They're like, he did it against our wishes. <laughs> On the cover, it says, enough said. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and then eventually they put out that Green Lantern, Green Arrow book. Yeah, the Denny O'Neill book. Yeah. yeah. So good. And then we had other great issues of like Iron Man and his alcoholism and, and stuff like that. But like, that's a, that's a thing. It was like, these are real things. Right. And not every fucking superhero is Superman and is, you know, Bland as fuck. Right. So just boring. We, right. Just the shittiest character. Unrelatable. That could not exist in the world. Right. Uh, How is this at all related? It ties in. It, it's that Superman's not relatable. So you want to have <clears throat> these flaws in these people and you want to show it and how they're going to overcome them in some sort of manner. Right. So fuck Superman, uh, essentially. <laughs> um, you know, what's, you know what's funny is like I don't even like really hate Superman that much, but I love giving that shit. I yeah. do not like Superman. I know you don't. Bro. <laughs> I I only enjoy Superman when it's a team up sort of thing. So only Justice League. I just have by a, himself. Fuck that. I love I love a real powerful thing. So it's that's that's about as far as I go for liking Superman. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I just enjoyed that, and that's like just such a good move i think on his part to do that yeah it just it's like i said it speaks to you know how how virtuous he was going against the establishment too it's like no he's like we, we got, can't do that i got a voice i gotta i gotta voice it so uh, yeah my number three fuck you comic code all right my number two uh thing about stan lee uh or gift or what what have you is uh his accessibility how accessible he was to the public and to the fans. You met him. I did. Well, very, oh, very, very, very briefly. Yep. Yep. That, oh, yeah. I could tell my, <laughs> my Stan Lee story, right? Uh, we met um, me, <clears throat> Fro's fiance, uh, 
and my buddy uh he's been on the show before yeah, people once. don't remember but no he's been on the show he was actually on a comic book episode so it makes sense right um but my my buddy ken we went to uh comic-con boston comic-con this past year last year's or last year's whatever either way stan lee was uh was there for a photo op <laughs> this is his last it was going to be his last uh east coast comic-con appearance right that, that's how it was built and then literally uh four months later he was at the rhode island comic-con oh really <laughs> yeah that's a shame <laughs> um but anyway, it was like we we snapped a picture with him, and it was very like in and out, in and out. It was like it was a little sad to be honest, because like he is just a prop at this point. Um, but you know, they were like, "Don't talk to." They were like, "He's not there to have a conversation." Blah 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 blah. Just go in, take the picture, and you walk out. So we walked in, we took the picture, and then like, did that feel rude? How they kind of did that with you? I, I mean, I understood why they did it. There were so many people, and it, like I will right. say, you can't uh, have a conversation with every fucking person that comes through. What I will say is, like, <clears throat> it went. The line was huge, and it was. It, we did not take very long, so I was appreciative of that. How mm. uh, of yeah, organized it was. But uh, I suspect <laughs> make a fart noise with your mouth. Now he's laughing. That didn't come out. He's of laughing because I smashed my knee into the table. I, I you're smashing me. Then I started laughing, but then I like let out this instead weird of, little. Instead I of out, laughing, he farted. I let out this weird little burp. That sounded like a fart <laughs> out of my throat. I mean, a, a burp is kind of like a fart out of your throat. I know, yeah. but that made me start laughing even more. As well. Anyway, so on the way out of oh, that whole shit. thing, I said, "I love you, Stan." And he just goes, "Yep." <laughs> that was, that's my Stan Lee story. Oh, man. Uh, but my number two is accessibility. He uh, he he loved it. He loved doing the cons. He loved talking to people. He loved you know getting in there with the people that appreciated his work or just just liked comics or and heroes as much as he did. You he know? wasn't jaded. No, he was always like he always felt like he was one of you. He 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 also liked the stuff that you liked, you know? It wasn't like, oh, you know, you know, yeah, thanks for yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks. He was always like so enthusiastic in, in everything. And I think that's uh for someone that had his like status and like legend behind him and the number of years that he did it, like like we said, he did this like a year and a half ago and he just and he was in his nineties. He's still doing it, you know? And he wasn't doing it for uh for himself. He did it for everybody else. He didn't. I'm sure he was just like, I uh, would, you know, I'd much rather be at home. Right might, now. <laughs> might being home might be a good call right now. I'm, you know, whatever. But you know, it, it was important to every, you know all these people to like see him and like have their interactions or anything with them. And he was still doing panels at conventions and things. And he was just great. He's just such a a, a wonderful guy. And, and to to make himself accessible at at that status and that level and that age, you know, I think is another testament to just how great of a, a person he was. And that's my, that's my number two. Number two. My number two is the way he changed superhero origin stories. Okay. All right. So up until this point, the big superheroes that we had were like kind of from like the old style of like, you know, mythic heroes, like gods from above, you know, Superman from an alien landed on earth and whatever. Wonder woman is a princess and Batman has his mansion that he's inherited and Aquaman's a King. And suddenly he was like, what about if we had, you know, regular people and crazy shit happened to them. Mm -hmm. Right. And added this whole other dimension to the, the characters and heroes that we are interested in. And, you know, I'm not necessarily one that, you know, 
believes that one is more relatable than the other. I know that we can argue <laughs> that all the time. Yeah, go ahead and dance I, around that. I do. I do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that that there is that this kind of thing exists, right? That there is that that he came up with this like you know, guy got bit by a spider and now he's got superpowers. Just this geek right? who was like, a scientist and whatever. Yeah. And he happened to just happened to be in the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Like, and it's such an interesting <clears throat> change to the superhero origin, especially at the time. And now it's like a cliche, right? The Stanley origin story of, you know, some guy who has an alliterative name and he's in the wrong place in the wrong time. And now he's got these tragic superpowers. <laughs> like, Oh, wow. Yeah. I never thought about the alliterative name thing. Oh, yeah. Peter I, Parker, Matt Murdock. That's all I can do right now. But. Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Xavier Xander. No, I don't know. <laughs> Charles Xavier. Um, Scott Summers. Dude. What? <laughs> However, does he do that uh, with any female heroes? Uh, Kamala Khan. I don't think he... Inv- no, uh, no, he didn't. No. He didn't Jean uh, Grey. Uh, I don't know. Interesting. Silver Surfer. Anyway, I read that he he did that because he created so many characters. He had a hard time remembering their names, and so if they had like something like that, he would easily remember. Well, well good old PP, <laughs> smart man. That's that. Uh, yeah, hey, fucking good on him, huh? J. Jonah Jameson. <clears throat> that just fucking blew my mind, though. The whole like, <laughs> I didn't even, never even would have put that together. Oh yeah, and I love people with alliterative names because it like makes me think that they're a superhero. Hmm. 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 I've got another friend, Matt, with an M, and I love it. Fuck that. M.M.? Yeah, Matt. Matt, And he his favorite superhero? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider-Man guy. Uh, Best ride in the world, though. But, man, getting bit by a radioactive spider or or the gamma ray explosion or the the cosmic rays with your friends. Um, These are are crazy. Sue Storm. Sue Storm. Busy woman. Nailed it. There you go. Uh, Reed Richards. Reed Richards. What the fuck? <laughs> ben Grimm? Yeah. It's not everybody. You can't win them all. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. My mind is fucking actually thrown off by that. You never realized that? No. Wow. You're an idiot. Wow. Not an idiot. <laughs> I don't see names. <laughs> what do you do with them? I forget them. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you. Uh, two. Come over here. <laughs> Anyway, so I love his the what he brought to superhero origin stories. I like that. I love it, and it's it's a gift, and it's it changed the medium, and uh, it changed. It, I think it changed fiction in general, right? Because up until that point, really heroes and the hero's journey and something <clears throat> that since like the Greek myths have been one thing, and he made it something different. Yeah, I mean, and also if you're a kid. You could get powers. I want to get bit by a radio. I want to get. I'm sure there's been so many fucking oh, accidental. I want things. a truck to crash and chemicals splash in my face. <laughs> I don't want those Daredevil. powers. Yeah. I don't want those powers. I want Spider-Man's powers. Spider-Man or the Hulk. Yeah, it's like you know, it's doesn't. It's not that painful. You got bit by a spider. Right. I want to be Mosquito Man. I get bit by mosquitoes all the time. I hate... Uh, spiders freak me out, though. Well, I mean, I definitely wouldn't want to get bit by a spider. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have an actual panic attack, which would cause a heart attack, and I would die from that. But in that last moment <laughs> of your life, maybe you would have the dream. <laughs> if I got bit by an actual spider, though, I would definitely be like, please! Come on! <laughs> I would jump into a wall and hope that I would stick to it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't. 
Um, you definitely have the strength and proportional speed of an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Uh, strength. You're, you're What's your number two? Strong. You're bit by a radioactive idiot. Uh, I had a homeless, uh, possibly retarded guy accidentally spit in my mouth once, so <laughs> I was afraid I was going to become retarded at one point. Stop it. Stop Man, it. you love using those uh, antiquated terms, huh? Well, it's a hard R. You know, I'm hey. sorry. <laughs> anyway, what's your number two? Mentally challenged. That's your number two? What did Stan Lee do <laughs> in that regard? He made, he made mentally challenged people feel special. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> he gave them their own Olympics. Oh, he did that? Good for him. I Good didn't know him, that. Good for him, right? He made wow. them all feel like superheroes. Well, there you go. Run faster, jump higher. No, sorry. Uh, I went off on little thing right there <laughs> anyways it's uh it's funny that i'm going into this one uh it's kind of something that you talked about a little bit matt is that he tried to open people's eyes to bigotry in the world yes and create all those kind of characters and ex- you know explain that hate shouldn't be a thing like it really shouldn't right <clears throat> and you know one of the obviously the key examples is the x-men you know they're hated because they're different. Muties. Muties. Like, and that was like his whole thing. He tried to expose that out to the world. Is that, you know, <clears throat> one of the big things, and, and you would probably be the one to be able to correct me. I don't think he uh, created Charles Xavier. I could be wrong on that no, front. Yeah, he's... Okay. The, just not the, Wolverine? The OG X-Men. Okay. So, so, so Charles Xavier yeah. and, and Magneto. Magneto. It is Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Like, that is who they are based off of. And it's just these people that have these ideas for their people. Uh, and it's like, you shouldn't be hated. And this is how it gets done. And, it you know, because those were two guys that were trying to make the world a better place in their own way. And it was a very cool way for him to be able to kind of retell their story in a manner where... Xavier is the Martin Luther King, so he's trying to do it in the more peaceful manner. And, you know, mutants should be accepted. We're no different than anybody else, except I can shoot, you know, lasers out of my face. Right. Uh, and uh, Magneto. Or I've got wings. <laughs> yeah. Or Magneto, obviously, was the Malcolm X. And it's like, you know, you got you to gotta kill thousands in order to save, you know, millions or whatever. You know, just be, you know, you got to be more ruthless about it. Yeah. I think he was more just... He he didn't mind being aggressive for yeah, the no, perseverance of his people, right? But that like that's that's it, and like you know, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's an interesting kind of viewpoint, and like it's like that thing is he was just like a, a genuinely good person, right? And wanted to expose the evils in the world, and the world could be a much better place, and there's no reason for everybody to hate each other. Like you said, he created Black Panther. When that wasn't a thing, right? That's the first black superhero, right? Like created a whole world, <clears throat> right? Nobody was going to touch that, no, but he was not like, at that it, time. it needs to be done because it's it doesn't have to just be white people, right? Black people can be fucking heroes too, right? You know, except for Spider Man, he doesn't want Spider Man to be black. Spider Man, it doesn't have to be black. I know. So I, created Miles Morales. I know. I I think that's a funny quote though. Is like, yeah, if he was originally created black, sure, oh, but God. why change? Which I, I totally stand by what he said. <laughs> right. He didn't say anything that was like <gasps> shocking. Just oh, people other, wanted. Ever, other people wanted it to be shocking. But it was like, you know, if I originally created him black, or make him black. Right. Um, but I, uh, I appreciate that, you know, he exposed bigotry to the world and he put it out there in the forefront and this is what happens in the world and he didn't want to shy away from things. 
That's right. That's my uh, that's my number two. Cool. If you like the show, support the show, go to patreon.com slash top five of death where you can subscribe to our monthly Patreon at $5 or more. If you do that, you can be opted into the What's Goofing? I got a burp. Uh, phone number camp. How come yours didn't sound like a fart? Uh, I don't know. I don't have an ass for a mouth. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> Yeah, as soon Only as you, as soon as you said that, you knew what I was going to say. I could, you started to laugh before I even started my sentence <laughs> because you knew what you had just said. I alley-ooped you for a good joke, buddy. <laughs> yeah, good one. Anyway, also go to- uh, What would to, you do without fro in your life? Good, uh, I, like I, I don't know, probably be you're a my, little better off. I'm your Abbott and you're Mike Costello. Sure, whatever you want. Which one's the straight man? I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Whatever to, one's not the gay one. Go to makefun.network hey. or go to Make Fun Network on Facebook and join in there where you can participate <laughs> in Top 5 of Death. You can vote on the list. You can also submit your own list and things like that. Also, follow us on Top 5 of Death on Instagram and Twitter, both uh, the number five, and write a death on how you died to the Top 5 of Death at gmail.com. Always the number five. Numero uno. My number one is pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious of... What is the greatest gift Stanley has given to the world? And that would be Marvel Comics in general. Oh, okay. I figured it was just going to be straight up the Hulk, but <laughs> better, better I choice. I also thought it was going to be straight up the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> well, that if- eclipses the end. Inter- <laughs> <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> What's going on? Are you like in a time paradox in that corner? I'm becoming a superhero. What's your power? Uh, puberty all the time? Yeah, baby. <laughs> I got an ass mouth and I squeak. My balls just dropped. <laughs> um,. Anyway, he didn't create Marvel Comics, though. Uh, well, he we took over Timely, and he was part of it. Uh, you know, he was a big part of the the creation of it becoming Marvel. Yeah, was okay. it something else in between American? Or was that first? It was Timely was first. I don't know, and then American Comics. I'm a DC guy, right? That's right. <laughs> but anyway, like as I said before, I don't fucking uh, I don't even know who Stanley is. I just found out about him today. This whole thing doesn't happen without him. Is what I'm saying. It's true. This whole thing doesn't happen without him. We don't have the awesome movies we have now. We don't have the books. We don't have the stories. We don't have the heroes. We don't have a, almost any of it, right? I'm not to say, like, maybe it does exist, but I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't care as much as I do now without him. It wouldn't be such a big part of my life without him. It would just be different. It'd be, it'd be very different, <clears throat> and who knows what it would be, but it wouldn't be what it is now. It and could what be it, the opposite side of the fence. It could be DC that would be the... Oh, God, imagine that. What a... What a colorless, all right, all right, all right, colorless all right. world that Don't, would be. Zack Snyder is not the only thing about DC. <laughs> um, but I mean that's <laughs> that's his greatest gift to the world is everything that he's done and the the role he played in the create. I won't say the creation, but like the rise and <clears throat> yeah. the of the rise of, of prominence to comics for like. Marvel comics. Yeah, and comics in general. So that's my number one. It's like I said, it's pretty obvious. It's cut and dry. He, he he did more for, for this world than, you know, I think people will even be able to give him credit for. Because, yeah. like, okay, so let's go to your other hero, Disney. Yeah. <clears throat> was he somewhere first, and then he kind of ran with the ball and made something bigger? No, he created everything from the ground up. All right, yeah, he was always. Yeah, that whole thing happened just straight from like, him and his just brother. Just him, and then that's it. Yep. Okay. Uh, you should go to the Walt Disney Museum in San Francisco. I would like to. I it's, went to. I went to his so hometown of Marceline, Missouri, because the the museum in San Francisco. It's a museum about him. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's fantastic. I'll get there eventually. As <laughs> soon as they clean up all that shit on the street in San Francisco, <laughs> it's in a different part of San Francisco. <laughs> oh, cool. Maybe I'll go there. Then. Yeah. Um, okay. The actual shit you were talking about. Not a bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I I've kind of hinted at this in an earlier in my number four and how. 
I really am interested in the process of making comics, right? Um, like you said, you like to be involved in the things that you really, really like. I, I, I am exactly the same way, although I realized that I was never going to be a comic creator. Uh, I am really interested in how comics are created. And Stan Lee changed that. He was writing so many books in the 60s, so many creating so many characters and doing so many things that he created a new way to write comic books that became known as the Marvel Method. You guys familiar with the Marvel Method? No, not specifically. Not specifically. How, do you, are you guys familiar with how a, a traditional comic book is made from the writer to the artist and so on? Um, Maybe. Okay, we'll go over it. It's, it's I have quick. an idea. So a writer <laughs> traditionally will write a script. Each page in the script is a page in the comic. They break it down by panel. Here's what happens in this panel. Here's what happens in this panel. Here's the dialogue. Here's the caption. And then it goes to the artist who draws in pencil and then the inker and so on. Blah, down blah, blah, blah. Stanley was writing so many books that he had this idea. He said, I have these great collaborators, these incredible artists. I need to write 10 books a month. <laughs> I am going to write a synopsis of what happens and what the beats that need to happen in this issue. Character meets this character. They do this. They fight. This happens. Give it to the artist. Mm. The artist then will draw up this 20-page book, and then I'll go back in and fill in the dialogue. So the artist has... A, a, more of an authorship of what has happened in each issue and so they can do it with their visual eye and pacing mm. and he can then come up with the plot and what is actually happening and then the dialogue so he essentially storyboarded it you know just uh, with words and then gave it to them and they created most of the comic exactly and then he went off of that and then just went in and filled in, okay, like you've left me some room for dialogue. Here's what needs to be said to carry this forward. And it's called did the Marvel write, Sorry, did he write dialogue based off the imagery? Yep. Okay. Yeah, after it was after it was finished being drawn. <clears throat> and so that's called the Marvel Method. Still used by, uh, today, not just in Marvel Comics, but in a lot of different comics. So he's kind of like the Henry Ford of comics. I love that. That's really good. Uh, and... I, you know, there's comics today that will go, that will do both, right? So there's some sections like, okay, this needs to be written in a really specific way. But then this section of the book, like Marvel Method, here, you've got five pages. Do a fucking awesome fight scene, right? And let the artist do that. You don't need to spell it out. The artist is the visual person. They're working through that. And you're the writer. You're the story person. Right. Right. And it's that collaboration. And that was so important to him and that he recognized. And he was able to bring out the best in the people that he worked with by doing that and change the way comics were written and created in a time, which has changed the industry forever from, you know, the creator side of things, which mm. I think can't be understated and is so hugely important and an amazing gift to the world. The Marvel method. So his initial vision is what created Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby, baby, Jack King Kirby. I love Jack. Kirby. Jack King Kirby. <laughs> Stan, the man Lee. Yeah. looks like that. Uh, that brings us uh, to, to the end of the episode. We can go I right still have to do my number, number one, one, you fucking bastard. <laughs> oh, well, I tried to get past it. All right, what's your number one, Pharrell? Jesus Christ. I've been on the show for years. Years? Decades. Wow. So my number one <clears throat> uh, gift that Stanley uh, gave to the world was uh, in Captain America, Civil War, Tony Stank. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stank. <laughs> that fucking cameo is hands down my favorite one. 
And him... Explain what that is to the people. <clears throat> so in Captain America Civil War, towards the end of the uh, movie, uh, they're at Avengers... I don't know. It's not the tower, but it's the other place, the compound of sorts. Yeah. And Stanley is playing a delivery man, <clears throat> like a FedEx guy or UPS guy, and he's got a package. He's like, hey, uh, I got a package for Tony Stank. And <laughs> he's just an old guy who can't read the writing. And... It fucking slayed me. I could probably pull it up for please you. Please do. But and keep it, talking, please. It, it slayed me so hard when he said Tony Stank because I wasn't expecting it. And it's such an easy joke. And it's so easy to understand why he would ever say that. Um, and to me, this is one of the greatest things that he has ever put forth in the world. Because uh, this Tony Stank has always stuck with me. Which I might get a stinky Tony Stark uh, tattoo uh, tattooed on me now, because uh, that's funny. Um, it sounds like you. Yeah. How would does. you make it stinky? He would have stink it's, waves. It's stink lines. Yeah. For someone who wanted to make a comic book, you can't even come up with a fucking way to make stink <laughs> lines. Ooh, that's why I, it was never successful. In that. <clears throat> um, Jesus Christ, a two-minute fucking clip. Yeah, I'll get um, there. But yeah, no, I mean, his cameos, I think, needed to be mentioned, because these are one of the things that people look forward to, is where is uh where is stanley in these movies that's what people look forward to right it's because he just made he fucking made an impact on the world that people needed to see him in these right so i think i got it so this is the this is the clip uh that fro's referring to are you tony stank (laughs) yes this is this is tony stank you're in the right place thank you for that (laughs) Thank you for that, Stanley. <laughs> yeah. So now let's uh, let's go to the funny bums. That, that clip makes me so happy. My cheeks hurt. From what, are, smiling. What, what are some other uh, real quick? What are some other good cameos that you liked? Uh, the one from Thor Ragnarok. I thought was very great. The Amazing Spider-Man one, where they're like fighting in the library, and he's just he's got the headphones it. on, and yeah, uh, all the destruction. The one on the where he is Hugh Hefner. Oh yeah, that's, that's a good really one. Good. Which one's that one? I think it was from Iron Man. Oh, okay. And, and like he's like, hey, half, and he turns around and it's Stanley. Um, I think the one him talking to the Watchers was good. Oh, the Watchers was really which good. Uh, which makes me always want like which which was one of the big uh, fan theories is that he is a Watcher because he's been there for a lot of significant moments. Yeah, and he's just happens to be overseeing these actual heroes. Um, I just took it as like. The watchers were like, whoa, this dude's seen some shit. We should have talked to him. <laughs> yeah, he's seen more than us. <clears throat> Wait, I got more. <laughs> right. So let's go to the fun butts. Uh, so top five gifts of the world from Stan Lee. We got uh, Dave Howard. Uh, number five, Marvel Comics. Number four, Thor. Number three, Fantastic Four. Number two, Hulk. Number one, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Hey, real quick question. Yeah, what's up? What are these like symbols next to people's names now? So the thing is, when, uh, when you're in a group, if you are uh, a person that posts a lot, or you get like a you can get statuses depending on how uh, much like uh, con- uh, like conversation you generate. So David Howard is considered a conversation starter. That's what that icon means. Oh, how do you know that stuff? Like, if you where hover do you, where over do you it, like? It says it. Oh, okay, I've been looking at it and it drives me fucking nuts. Are constantly creating conversations. Yeah, because you have like a waving hand next to yours or something. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. Dylan Mellon, number five, movie cameos. Number four, the amazing voiceover. Number three, Spider-Man. <laughs> number two, uh, an escape from reality. 
And number one, imagination fuel. I like that. Uh, Ryan Brown, number five, Spider-Man. Number four, Excelsior. Number three, Fat Mama. <laughs> uh, number two, The Hulk. Number one, Nuff Said. Nice. As much as I like that list, anyone who doesn't hyphenate Spider-Man, <sighs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Ryan Brown. Uh, Matt Spur, number five, Stripperella on Spike TV, which is true. <laughs> number four, The Stan Lee Foundation. Uh, number three, the video of him dunking on young Rob Liefeld and Todd uh, McFarlane. I don't know that one. Uh, we'll have to look at that in a little bit. Uh, see more. Do-do-do. Number two, Spider-Man with a hyphen. And number one, X-Men with a hyphen. Daniel Sepultura says, uh, number five, awesome voiceovers. Number four, his awesome catchphrase, Excelsior. Number three, lots of creativity. Number two, Spider-Man, also hyphenated. Number one, an intro into comics. Mm-hmm. CJ Doubleday says number five, Doctor Doom. Number four, Doctor Strange. Number three, Galactus. Number two, Hulk. Number one, Spider Man. Oh, and let us guess. Fro stinks. P.S. Oh. P.S. Fro stinks. Mm. Your he's, daughter stinks. He's got a bit. <laughs> no, his daughter does cocaine. That's true. So, yeah, I get it co- right, Fro. I do cocaine. Uh, what was it? Pan, uh, pie? Apple pie cocaine? Something like that. <laughs> uh, George Chipperoni says number five, uh, X-Men. Number four, Silver Surfer. Number three, his cameo in Mallrats. I love that. That's number two, one. Fantastic Four. Number one, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. Lucas Polanski says number five, The Word Excelsior. Number four, Thor. Number three, The X-Men. Number two, Spider-Man. Number one, The Gift of Imagination to the Masses. Justin Bayless. Is this a new person? I don't recognize his name. Hey, uh, welcome aboard, Justin. Justin Bayless says, number five, who wants to be a superhero? That show, remember that? Uh, number four, Stan Lee Foundation. Number three, Spider-Man comic about drug addiction. Even with several people saying not to do it, he still put it out because he believed kids needed it. Number two, Excelsior. Number mm-hmm. one, Marvel Comics, of course. Of course. Uh, Arez Big Laser. Uh, also, don't forget, if you want to do, if you want to participate in the Fun Butt Secret Santa... Um, I I don't know when the deadline is. I think it's coming up, but uh, go to Make Fun Network so you can participate in the first ever Fun Butt Secret Santa that's being run by uh, Arez. And once again, thank you for doing that. But his list says, number five, always stand up for the little guy. Number four, there's a price for not doing the right thing. Number three, uh, live imaginatively. Number two, all those amazing comics. Number one, his heart. Uh, it's heartbreaking that he's gone, but he was such a great character himself that we were all lucky uh, to have experienced him in our lives, which is true. Number, uh, Catherine Conferencisco says, number five, style, inspiration, those glasses. <laughs> number four, uh, maybe you've heard, but he co-created Spider-Man. Number three, superheroes with characters, flaws, problems in their lives. They're much more relatable that way, more interesting, more worth reading about. Number two, the story of Matt telling Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, the story uh, of Matt telling Stanley that he loves him and Stanley just being like, yep, <laughs> that's a true story. Number one, amazing cameos. I watched a montage of them the other day and he is so funny in there. Uh, Mike Dale says, number five, his story about uh, how he met his wife. Oh, I- I'm not super familiar with that story. Number four, the Incredible Hulk. Number three, the XM. Number two, with great power comes great responsibility. That's a, a really good point. And number one, the comic that started it all, the Fantastic Four. Oh, shit. I can't remember the story of his wife now. Uh, look it up real quick. Um, number five, characters will love forever. Number four, giving a platform to hundreds of artists and writers to tell all kinds of stories. Number three, making stories are, are that are more about um, about more than overly powered characters. About more than overly powered. I just want to make sure you read that. Overly powered characters uh, slash bringing the stories to the street. Number two, from his cameos to watching how he held himself publicly, he showed everyone 
the excitement that comes with seeing something that started small grow to astronomical heights. He showed all creators and artists what the end goal can look like. And number one, showing that there is a lot more to being a hero than just being super. Uh, Roman Hamadan, Ramadan says, as a teacher, I see many of my students reading his comics. I would say his greatest gift to society is the gift of literacy and imagination. That's very well said as well. Um, I like, <clears throat> mine's I think, either Erez or Catherine. I like Colin Perry's list. Catherine's is also good. Um, <clears throat> Erez was the first one to not go just comic characters. Right. And that's kind of with hers, too. <sighs> Who you said Colin Perry? Carousel Forever. Blah, blah, blah. Showing that the world. Yeah, I like Colin Perry's, too. Yeah, he really dug deep, I think. Yeah, I like that. I like his number one. You know what else about... I got one last thing. All right, go ahead. Uh, I love the adjectives. <laughs> the adjectives? Amazing Spider-Man, Uncanny X-Men. Mm. Uh, you know, all of those adjectives. It's one of my favorite things about Marvel Comics. Yeah, they are good. Uh, I have that story uh, real quick. Okay, about how he met his wife? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Hit me. So uh, here's the... Just a bit. Uh, when I was young, there was one girl I drew, one body and face and hair. It was my idea of what a girl should be, the perfect woman. When I got out of the army, somebody, a cousin of mine, knew a model, a hat model, at a place called Laden Hats. He said, Stan, there's this really pretty girl named Betty. I think you'd like her. She might like you. Why don't you go over and ask her to lunch? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, that's from this. Uh, <laughs> it still gets a ding. Uh, so, so I went up to this place. Betty didn't answer the door. But Joan answered, and she was the head model. I took one look at her, and she was the girl I had been drawing all my life. And then I heard the English accent, and I'm a nut for English accents. She said, may I help you? And I took a look at her, and I think I said something crazy like, I love you. I don't remember exactly, but anyway, I took her to lunch. I never met Betty, the other girl I was supposed to go to lunch with. <laughs> That's crazy. So just the wrong person answered the door, and he was like, oh, the right That's person. That's such a superhero origin story, right? Like, <laughs> yep. It's just like... Just happenstance, he gets bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> that is a precious story, though, that he was supposed to go on a date with somebody else. This person opened the door, and he was like, holy shit, this is the person I need. Wow. Wow. That's what I felt like when you opened the door for me today. I, I was expecting to see Matt, and then I saw you, and I was like, you are the person that I need. Uh, <clears throat> what would you need? Someone to shit out of their mouth? <laughs> That's fro for you. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank uh, you, Stanley. Stanley, thank you so much. Um, respect respect and uh if i think it's only apropos but for the first time ever uh the show is ending differently so thank you so much for listening and excelsior